independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? It's my Thursday. Thank the Lord. You can hear my voice. I did stuffy. Don't feel bad. I know there's something going around. I think it's more allergies than anything else. Because tell you what, I have not sneezed as much as I have the last couple of days. I mean, it's, I mean, it's like Buffalo, right? Like we've got six, eight feet of sunshine here in Phoenix. I, I don't know what the deal is with that, but it's pretty delicious. I'll tell you that right now. Hope all is well with you on this uh, phenomenal week. It is Gobbler Week, Turkey Week. Uh, and you know what's funny? I, there's so many things we could talk about, but the reality is is we're going to be traveling. We're going to be out having fun. We're going to be doing a lot of things. Uh, and we love to give to all of you, and we want you guys to understand we're going to give you the best times based on all the research that these people have done on when to do things you need to do when it comes to the Gobbler Day week. Okay? You guys with me? If you are going to do some grocery shopping today, at least come early or just avoid 1 p.m. because that is the time nationally that it's busiest, according to Google Maps data. Tuesday morning, 9 a.m., that is the least crowded time to go. So, all right, we're, we're giving you guys the best times. We don't want you to, to say we didn't warn you. Whether it's traveling, buying snacks, whatever it is that's going on out there, we want to make sure that you're protected. In this day and age from the lunacy, because there's going to be a lot of fighting. It's going to be a lot of arguing, a lot of pushing, a lot of shoving. The battle for the birds, all of that stuff is real. It's a real thing. Friday, we know what's happening, right? It's Black Friday. If you're starting your holiday gift shopping early, local malls and shopping centers, best bet, 3 p.m. on Monday. Now, if you want to talk about Black Friday specifically, usually traffic picks up in stores basically between noon and 4 p.m. So long story short, do not go to stores on Black Friday in the middle of the day. So don't do that. Do other things. Go later. Go really early. But that. There's that time when, you know, people are like, ah, I'm out of my car, my turkey comatose uh, position that I was in. Hey, what am I? I'm going to get out there and do it the right way. I'm going to go at noon. And then you get out there and you're like, son of a, what the hell? Now, travel. So you guys remember last year I traveled and I tried to do all the right things. The right time, leaving much later, the whole nine yards. I got stuck in a traffic jam that makes me never want to travel again but I'm going to have to because I love my son, but I'm taking a different path this time. So fingers crossed that that works. But gas prices are through the roof. So plan accordingly with some dollar bills, yo. Thanksgiving travel is expected to be the busiest in almost two decades, with more Americans opting to drive to their destinations. Also, filling up your tank will cost more than years prior. On Thanksgiving Day, the national average for a gallon of gas is expected to hit $3.68 a gallon. That is a record high. Expensive. See what you're getting here? More expensive. Just frustration from people. And don't be bitching out there, right? We're all in this together, right? So when you're griping and you're moaning about the traffic and everything, just we're all in this together and we all hate it. 
The experts say that before 8 a.m. or after 8 p.m. on Wednesday is the best time to travel. The worst time to travel will be between 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. on Thanksgiving Day. It is almost guaranteed that you will hit bumper to bumper traffic in the nation's largest cities like here in New York, Los Angeles and in Atlanta. But some good news with the rise of remote work. More Americans may actually leave earlier and give us all some relief from that rush. All right, so you got that, right? So we're telling you when to go shopping for the best when it comes to Black Friday, your bird. The whole, we want to take care of you because we're all in this together. That's what I'm telling you. We could talk about the madness of politics, but this week it's all put aside because we got to go visit a cousin that we're not a fan of, right? That weird uncle, right? And his mail-order bride. That super, you know, crazy ant that's super right-wing or left-wing. You guys get where I'm going with this. And you may have to fly. Oh, God, no. It may happen. In an effort to avoid the cancellation chaos that we saw this past year, particularly, you'll remember this past summer, airlines have hired additional employees and adjusted some schedules. As for what it will cost you, Hopper, a mobile app that tracks ticket prices, expects passengers to pay on average $350 for a domestic ticket. That's about 43% higher than last year. International travelers can expect to see ticket prices average around $795. Yeah. Well, again, it's not a big deal if you're going international. Like if you're going to fly out to Qatar or Qatar or whatever they want to call it for the World Cup. Well, guess what? They're not celebrating Thanksgiving, so it's not a big deal. But you are going to a place that's going to be rather busy. That being said, internationally, it's probably not going to cost you a ton. But if you're flying from, say, Detroit to Los Angeles, it's a big expense. It is. It's all we're saying, kids. We want to take care of you. We love you. You listen to our little dog and pony show all the time. We want to make sure that we've got you set up for a week that's going to be crazy. That is going to be crazy because it is. We turn this into a madness week. Where we're like, son of a... And we just all got to dial it back a little bit. We all have to take a deep breath. We all have to realize we're all in this crap together, so let's just do whatever it is we have to do, and we'll just move on. Okay? 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. Hope you had a good weekend. World Cup kicked off. We'll get to some of that in a little bit. The insanity of some of the World Cup, indeed. As well as, yes, Trump is potentially back on Twitter, if he wants to be. Also, some of the crazies at Twitter. Just the, the stuff that makes me laugh about a lot of what I see on Twitter, the people losing their mind. Well, you know, if we're not here, you guys, if we're, if we're not here, if we're not here, this isn't going to work. You guys are going to fail. It's like, okay, 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 okay. Uh, plus, uh, just this, again, another horrible shooting over the weekend, and it was... You know, you just you look around, you say, really? So if you haven't heard, I don't know where you've been, but a club, a gay club in Colorado Springs attacked by somebody with a long rifle. The 22-year-old alleged shooter was taken down by people inside of the club. They fought back, stopping the shooting. The suspect was injured in that takedown. Colorado Springs Police Chief Adrian Vasquez. At least two firearms were found at the scene. We are still working to identify the firearms and who 
and who they belong to, but I can confirm that the suspect used a long rifle during the shooting. Police are now looking into the suspect's background, a man with a history of issues involving guns and law enforcement. Not only that, but apparently he threatened to blow up his mom last year. Uh, Why there wasn't red flags about this guy. There wasn't anything charges-wise pressed on him, but he definitely uh, showed signs of being absolutely disturbed. And we'll sit here and talk about the gun. But the issue isn't the gun. The issue is, can we fight each other over a gun? By that, I mean take an issue like the mass shooting. So mass shooting, I was reading today uh, since, what, 2002? It's been 3,000 mass shootings, lives lost. That's not good. How many people died of fentanyl last year who were poisoned or overdosed? And there's a difference. Because if you're a drug addict and you're on anything you get your hands on, you're, that, that's an overdose. If you are a person who thought you bought a pill that was something else, that's a poisoning. I'll tell you what, it's a lot more than 3,000. It is. But there's nothing in it that can raise money or any of those things. So the gun issue is a better issue to fight over. It's like abortion, gay marriage, whatever. whatever. If you can fight, find something that both of you don't see eye to eye on, but you don't really want a solution and you can raise money, well, this is it. This is it. So five people dead, 25 people injured. It was actually the patrons inside who jumped on top of him and held him down. He had other handguns. It was a nightmare. But was the media talks about the long rifle. Think about the people that will die today because of fentanyl poisoning and things of that nature. That's very real as well, but it doesn't get the headline at all. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter Tweet at us, text the program. Love hearing from all of you. My Pillow right now has amazing deals on my pillows, the mattress toppers, but incredible deals on the towels. You ready for this? Okay, forty bucks. Normally ninety. Six giant towels. One, two, three, four, five, six. So you get the big, giant, huge ones. You get the amazing hand towels and two incredible washcloths. Tons of colors and styles to choose from. Forty bucks. Normally ninety. Cotton's grown in the USA. Now, normally you get a 60-day money-back guarantee, but if you buy before December 25th, guess what? They're going to extend that guarantee all the way out to March of 2023. That's March of next year. So that's a win right there. No questions asked. If you don't like it, you send it back, get your money back. It's that simple. Take this and run with it. Get great deals on all the other MyPillow products, including the MyPillow. Yes, the mattress topper, the slippers, the cheats, you name it, they've got it. Go to MyPillow.com, use that promo code Benson, take advantage of the six-piece towel set, only 40 bucks. MyPillow.com slash Benson, MyPillow.com slash Benson. Chad Benson Show. not a terrorist. I am not Antifa. I am not a sex slave that wears masks. <gasps> Don't be a cutie pie. 
probably sit around and cook some soups and eat bread and desserts and just get all fat and sassy. You're ruining my life, bud! Yeah, you You're listening to The Chad Benson Show. Inflation at the grocery store is coming down slightly. Prices for things like clothes and television and appliances are going down as well as we head into the holidays. This week, we saw the growth in prices and business pay for goods and services Uh to come Uh down as well. Gas prices are down, but it's it's going to take time to get inflation back to normal levels. Uh, he turned 80 yesterday. Let's let you guys know that. He turned 80 yesterday. President there. Well, here's something I've told you guys to look out for. Railroad strike. Well, they have decided that they are going to go on strike. They have rejected the latest contract offer that the, the White House a few months ago looked like they had negotiated a deal that was going to keep the railroads rolling and rocking. Here's the issue. Railroads get a lot of stuff there. What is it, about 60 or 70% of our goods come via railroad. And now, with that being said and done, guess what, kids? Chances of prices going back up? Very real. Very, 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 very real. So, yuck is the best way to describe it. <laughs> yuck. Oh, my Lord. It just never ends. But we've got amazing. I mean, we do. When you think, when you step back for a moment, you're like, God, we are, we are flush full of the best people running everything. Case in point, this lady, our VP, solid, always. This is my third trip to the Indo-Pacific region as vice president and really um, signifies the significance of the relationship between the United States and our allies and partners in this region. Uh, The discussions that we had included, um, in large part, and really um, signifies the significance of the climate crisis and what we can do as the United States to be a leader in that regard. But it does signify the significance you guys hear that twice she said that how about that that's how significant it is she signified the significance of that there that is the significance of what took place she signified it like other people don't get the uh, she is a wordsmith she is she's one of those people when you're like somebody we need somebody who could who could do something who can really turn a situation to 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 lay something out that is marvelous and just incredible. Who could that be? There's like it's only one. Yeah, you're like you're right. There is only one. And we could look at others, but there is only one, and it's her. She's just delicious, isn't she? I mean, you get no better than Kamala's because I mean, every day is is it signified the significance. I mean, there's no doubt about that. It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Thank you very much. Once again, signify the significance of the signifying of the significance. And the whole thought process, if you didn't see what they did this weekend, I'm sitting there and watching the soccer and uh, laughing at the fact that Cutter, you can buy a World Cup, what you can't do is buy a World Cup team. 
And I start getting like these things that, oh, you know, the the world has decided that uh, we're going to pay a bunch of people to not like what to not do anything when it comes to the environment. Yeah. It's one of the things I've always talked about when it comes to the environment. So much of the environmental stuff you see is more about punishing the West for being successful and holding them hostage and making them pay vast amounts of money to companies and countries that are trying to get out of the, the, the dark ages of where they live to even into the 1800s and 1900s in some places. But we don't want them to. Because in doing that, well, that's not good. If they're developing themselves, that's not good. A, there'll be a potential greenhouse gas emitter, and we don't want that at all. We must avoid an energy scramble in which developing countries finish last, as they did in the race for COVID-19 vaccines. COVID-19. Doubling down on fossil fuels is double trouble. Double trouble, said the guy. He said it's double trouble. Count Dracula. So now... All the West is going to basically, like, how much money to make you guys not care about the fact that we've pillaged many of your countries and continue to do so, and what can we do to pay you guys to leave us alone and make it seem like we're really fighting this thing? Good God. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Uh, I just checked Twitter. It's still up. We'll talk about that. Straight ahead. Chad Benson Show. Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Oh, I got a Ron score. Four to one. England's still running away with it. You guys were talking to me earlier. I'm like, Dude, I got to be honest with you guys. I'm watching the World Cup. I really don't care. <laughs> I know. Whatever, whatever's happening I, at this point, I don't care. Oh, God. It, it, producer Anthony said, you know what's really funny is they didn't, they didn't make a big deal out of, uh, of uh, Biden's birthday yesterday. I'm like, yeah, because grandpa still shouldn't be running anything. That's why. We took the keys from him a long time ago, but he still gets to run the White House and the free world. It's probably why they didn't want to bring a lot of attention to it. They even had a wedding this weekend. I think his niece or his great, 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 great grandniece or somebody got married at the White House. No, they don't want to bring a lot of attention to it. They don't. So what you do in a situation like this. You don't want to bring a lot of attention to what's going on. Case in point, World Cup started yesterday. What's the only thing that people know about the World Cup right now? Well, I guess we're back in it. We play today, by the way. Bizarre. We play 10 o'clock at night, their time. How weird is that? I play a lot of games in my life. 10 o'clock at night, outside of hockey? Ah, it's been a while. But the World Cup kicks off. Started yesterday. Uh, in earnest, it really starts today. But yesterday was the, the start to it all. And, uh, well, it got off to not a rousing start for the host. 
Valencia scores. So many people cheering. The Valencia was the the star for Ecuador. Played in Europe, still does. He's doing rather well. But uh, he buried. He scored early in the game. And uh, to my knowledge, and I've played the game a little bit for like 40 years, and uh, played it at a high level professionally uh, for a little bit in Europe. They discounted the first goal, and I've watched it 50 times, and I'm like, I don't. I played the game, and I don't know what happened there. I don't know. But Qatar gets to host the World Cup. Qatar is a tiny country with tons of money, with a human rights record that is absolutely awful. Awful. I mean, it's not even close to, it is just awful. And yet they get to host it because they bought it. They got smoked yesterday, 2-0, by halftime, yeah. I want to say probably about 50-50 empty seats versus filled seats. Why is that? I can guarantee you, there's nobody leaving the England game today, even though they're up 4-1 and they're going to win by whatever, because people are going to stick around and watch it. This is the World Cup, you go. It's totally different. They were pissed yesterday, the fans. I think they thought, you can buy the World Cup, you can't buy a team. But you did buy the World Cup, and you killed a lot of people. A pattern quickly emerged as I talked to more and more workers, and I talked to nearly two dozen at all these 14 different FIFA hotels, which is that a lot of these new laws are not being followed. Some of the workers that I spoke to didn't have their passports. You literally cannot leave the country if you don't have your passport. That is the new stuff that's going on. So not only did an estimated 6,500 people die building these stadiums, which are gorgeous, by the way. They're amazing looking. Yesterday, the Al-Bayat, I think it was, which is the house, it looks like, you know, the Bedouins when they have those giant tents out in the middle of 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 the sand dunes, and you see them, it looks like that. It is incredible. That being said, how many people died because of it? <laughs> way, way too many. It's horrible. It's horrific. Yet here we are, playing it. So more and more people are saying their things. So the FIFA president, the guy who runs the whole thing, he comes out on Saturday. And uh, his name is uh, Gianni Infantino to, to, I guess, make some sort of half-ass appeal about who he is and, and all of this. It's just, it's so bizarre. It really is. The whole thing's weird. Today I feel uh, Qatari. Today I feel Arab. Today I feel African. Today I feel uh, gay. Today I feel disabled. Today I feel... Uh, a migrant worker. The hell are you talking about, man? He's sitting up in the crowd. So yesterday, you know, and there's lots of people, the blood money, as you hear, you had Morgan Freeman do some stuff. Shakira normally does something, and she was supposed to. She didn't do it at all. Like she, you know, they thought she was, and she's been like the last four World Cups. So it's just, you know, people are, are, are upset about this. First of all, you've taken the game and you've moved it to a time of the year that you shouldn't have, which is the winter. These guys are in the middle of their seasons. 
This isn't an all-star break for a couple weeks. I mean, a couple days. This is a five, six-week thing where you stop down. So half your team didn't make the World Cup squads for their countries. They're back training, and the other half is here. They're not together. In the midst of it all, we're going to host it in three and a half years. It's going to be the biggest party the world's ever seen. And we're going to let them party. So how did the British start out yesterday? Gary Lineker, superstar, former player. It's the most controversial World Cup in history, and a ball hasn't even been kicked. Ever since FIFA chose Qatar back in 2010, the smallest nation to have hosted football's greatest competition has faced some big questions. From accusations of corruption in the bidding process to the treatment of migrant workers who built the stadiums where many lost their lives. Homosexuality is illegal here. Women's rights and freedom of expression are in the spotlight. Also, the decision six years ago to switch the World Cup from summer to winter. Against that backdrop, there's a tournament to be played, one that will be watched and enjoyed around the world. And I'm watching it right now. England just scored another one, 5-1. to one. Uh, But it is tough. It sucks. Because the game, it's not its fault. The players, it's not their fault. The SOBs that decided to sell the game to the highest bidder rather than make it the people's game, which is what it is, the beautiful game. Should it be at some point in time in a place like the Middle East? Absolutely. Is this the time? No, this isn't. And you sold it out. And people are pissed and angry. Case in point, being asked questions even about, hey, why are you doing all this stuff? Huh? Why are you here? One of the artists behind the World Cup theme song walked out of an interview in Qatar after being grilled about the host country's poor human rights record. Colombian singer Maluma was was asked where he stood on Qatar's violations, especially considering other artists refused to participate in the World Cup because of the abuses. Here's how he reacted. Do you have problem with, with human rights violation on this country? Yeah, but it's something that I can't resolve. I just came here to enjoy life, enjoy soccer. I'm here enjoying my music and uh, beautiful life playing soccer too. What? I'm just here to enjoy my life and, you know, play my music and beautiful life with soccer too? What the hell does that even mean, dude? People ask you the question, why are you here singing your song, doing your thing? Tell us why. Tell us why. Well, I'm just here for the beautiful life and the beautiful music. It's fair. Why was uh, the likes of, and I get it, right? It's like the old, you know, uh, South African apartheid and, you know, who's going to play Sun City? Is it is it fair to the fans and the people that nobody comes? It's not your fault to the governments that way, but you're the ones who have to make changes. But there's no changes going to be made in any of these countries, at least not in the near future. So Maluma continues before he's finally pissed. Can you understand just people who are going to say that under, very, by the very presence of you here, you are like helping whitewashing whitewashing? I understand. The, uh, Do I have to answer that question? No, but I'm just asking that people are going to people are going to ask. You don't do that. What the problem? I mean, rude. I'm rude. Yeah. Why I'm rude, Maluma? I don't think. I, I think that this is what people say. It is what people think. After that interview, the singer went on to perform at a FIFA fan festival in Qatar's capital. Yeah. You're rude. How dare you ask me a question? You're rude. Rude. No, I don't think so. He asked the question. Some people are asking questions. It's fair. 
Some people, they're sports washing it. That's the new one. You're sports washing it. Yeah, you know that? You're sports washing it. You're taking your sports washing it. You're not sports washing it. You're being honest. You're asking a question. Trust me, we're going to host the Super Bowl here in Phoenix uh, in January. Or February, whenever the hell the Super Bowl is now. If there were 6,500, if there were 65 people that died building that stadium, or six, people would ask serious questions. But, no. 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 You should ask questions. You have every right to ask questions. That being said, I can't blame the game and I can't blame the people. And we ask questions. We push. Case in point, last night, Kyrie Irving came back after an eight-game suspension to play basketball last night for the New Jersey Nets. Why? Because he retweeted something about a movie, and in the movie it basically denies the Holocaust, says the blacks are the real Jews, and the Israeli, you know, it, it goes well. But he got suspended. Do you think our media ever let up on him when they asked him questions, or was that the only thing they asked him? After sitting out eight games from a team-imposed suspension, Brooklyn guard Kyrie Irving revealed that he had a chance to do some reflecting after discussions with people from the Jewish and black communities. They were very moving, very impactful, um, and it helped me become more aware of the repair that needed to be done, the healing that needs to be done still. Kyrie said he is not anti-Semitic and apologized to the Jewish community and his family. It hasn't been easy. Some of it has been painful. Uh, just learning about you know the history between uh, different groups of people. Irving could rejoin the Nets tonight against Memphis. Which he did. After the game. You think they're going to go, so Kyrie, you played a really good game. Is it good to be back out there? No, nope. what did it revert back to? And this is the beauty of the free press. As annoying as they can be at times. And hyper-focused on certain things that really nobody cares about. What are they talking about here? They asked him quick again about... Yeah being anti-semitic i just want to uh, offer my uh deep apologies to all those who are impacted uh, over these last few weeks um specifically my uh, jewish relatives my black relatives uh, you know all races and cultures I feel like we all felt the impact and i don't stand for anything uh close to hate speech or anti-semitism or anything that is anti going against the human race yeah Anything that's anti going against the human race. Okay, thanks so much for that. We don't let up. We ask questions. That's what you should do. That is the importance of a free press and free speech. Being able to ask questions, being able to push and probe is sometimes, in many cases, do we focus on BS and, and, and it's more about getting clicks and likes? Yes. But the beauty of the world that we live in is we're able to ask questions. We're able to push and probe, and that's a freedom that we should all understand, respect, and do not take for granted. 323-538-2423, at Chad Benson Show. It's your Twitter, your Instagram. Oh, so much more to get to. It's the Chad Benson Show. Serving up talk radio, medium rare, and dripping with irony. It's Chad Benson. I'm awake. You're awake. It's that week, isn't it? Are we really doing anything this week? Maybe. 
going out? Show them who we are. Wakanda continuing its reign. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, holding at number one in theaters in its second weekend of release. The Marvel sequel pulling in $67 million for a domestic box office total of $288 million. The horror comedy The Menu with Ray Fiennes coming in in second, earning $9 million. Have you talked to? And she said, which focuses on the Harvey Weinstein investigation, struggling with moviegoers pulling in just over two million. What came in third though was the Chosen. So if you've not seen the Chosen, it's about Jesus's life at a certain period of him when he's when the when all of the disciples are getting put together when he's meeting them all when and and the sermons and all of that stuff. And it was all crowdfunded. Nothing else has been anything close to this crowdfunded-wise. I mean, you can go back and look at, uh, what's it called? Uh, you know, we just had on the Tuttle Twins, right? And that was part of Angel Studios and the crowdfunding. And so Fathom Entertainments, this is season three. It's actually a series. So you got to see the first two episodes. And it killed it. It's, I think it's the biggest thing that they've done fathom entertainments has done and it was all based on crowdfunding and it's been a huge win for them and pretty much everybody else uh and i will say i have seen the first two seasons and they are amazing uh, even if you don't like i'm not into religion i'm you know whatever if you watch them though the production quality all of that stuff is second to none it is incredible. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. Gobble, 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 gobble. Those are the words of a turkey. Speaking of turkeys, well, one day we have that weird turkey that they grow in a Petri dish? What? It's a first for the U.S. The Food and Drug Administration saying a lab-grown meat product is safe to eat. It's chicken from the company Upside Foods. Chicken grown from cells in large containers. It was never alive. The industry prefers the term cultivated meat to lab-grown, and over a dozen companies are making it, from chicken to beef to fish and more, but Upside Foods is the first in the U.S. to get FDA approval. Next, it needs approval from the Department of Agriculture, but no word when that might happen or when it'll actually be on store shelves. Yeah, that's the thing that's funny. It's like cultivated meat. We've cultivated. Because lab-grown sounds like I'm not eating that. I'm not eating. That sounds disgusting. But when you say cultivated, we're like, oh, hold on a second. You've cultivated some meat products? Tell me more. Tell me more about this cultivation in meat. I want to hear. Oh, you want to hear, do you? Well, it's cultivation. We've cultivated. It was. It really wasn't well-spoken when we first met it. But we put it through some culture. We've cultivated its, uh, 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 you know, and, and the way that it's gone about doing the things that it's done. We've taught a little culture. Uh, we've we've built its image, and the cultivation of all of that has left us excited to give you this great meat product. Now, many of you who eat chicken nuggets will go, well, that's not really uh, chicken. It's more lab-grown as well. Yeah, very, very well said. I love me some chicken nuggets. Don't get me wrong. That being said, uh, yes, I will tell you this right now. Uh, is it the chickeniest of chickens? No, it's not. Somewhat cultivated itself. Maybe. Maybe. But it must be good because people fight about chicken nuggets all the time. Case in point, this lady. Man, 
say shit. Let's just make a McNuggets in my hand. I don't want to hear it. It's 1030 a.m. We don't serve chicken McNuggets at this time. Yes, you do. No, we don't. Why not? Because we do. You know what? You more than just hiss at you. Get your screaming ass out of the car. What's going on over there? Don't you run away from me, you family. Everywhere around the world, we're coming to America. That's right. Chicken nugget fights. Lab-grown meat, cultivated, whatever you want to call it. Or the beauty of chicken nuggets, also semi-cultivated. People will fight over that because of the deliciousness of it. Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. England running roughshod on Iran. I was watching the game this morning, and so they come out in the World Cup and they, the anthems play, right? So you got the British anthem, you got the, you got the England anthem, you know, and then you've got the Iran anthem. And there were tons of boos by Iranian fans. The team itself wouldn't sing the anthem. Partially because of what's going on over there. The if you guys haven't heard uh, of how horrific the protesters have been treated, and how last I think it was last week. I think the part you know their version of parliament uh, voted to have all of the people that had been arrested for protesting, and this all goes back a few months to the young lady who was killed because she wouldn't wear her headscarf. And the protests are growing daily, and it's getting louder. And there was 15,000 people that have been arrested, and they voted, well, they should all be executed. I mean, that's where it's at. And so watching the World Cup team not happy about their anthem being played, just kind of like whatever, you know, and, and there's spectators that are there, Booing, you're just like, oh, other controversy for sure. Three two three five three eight twenty four twenty three at Chad Benson shows your Twitter tweet at us, text the program. Love hearing from all of you. So FTX, it fell apart in the last two weeks. You guys don't remember what FTX is? It is a uh, well. Here's a little theme song. It's a lot of fun, right? Wrote a song about it. Here it Sam goes. Was having meetings with Gary. Uh, Gary used to work for Glenn. Glenn is the papa of Caroline. And she was stooping Sam. It's regulatory capture of the highest degree. Assisted by the New York Times, a said MIT. No one knew until it all fell apart. All fell apart. All fell apart. We've never had um, but all fell apart. Yeah, it fell apart indeed. How bad did it fall apart? Well, to the tune of God knows how many billions of dollars. Uh, but this was a guy who the left loved, right? And they didn't just love. This guy was the second largest donor 
to the Dems, but it all fell apart over the last two weeks. And boy, is it ugly. And it is ugly. Sam Bankman-Fried. Move over, Martin Screlly. Okay, they're calling him the millennial Madoff. This is the crypto guy. I'm not in crypto because I think it's a Ponzi scheme and I'm rooting for its failure. He ran a crypto exchange where you can, I guess, buy and sell crypto called FTX. Unlike banks, which have the FDIC, which insures you so there can't be a run on them, there's nothing here in the crypto world. It's the Wild West. I mean, every month, billions are stolen. North Korea does a lot of it. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's as bad as that. Here's the thing about, like, the dollar. It's backed by the United States of America, right? And I know what a dollar looks like. Crypto is different. The blockchain, you know, we could talk about some of the great things that come from the blockchain. But the reality is, is crypto itself is a time that isn't quite here yet. And people thought it was the wild, wild west. And they went out and they, they, they threw money at it. And this guy got his. Here's the other thing that makes this guy even scummier. Now, you know, the Democrats, you guys loved him up until two weeks ago when everything went to hell. Right. It all went to Right, it Amber turned it to bed. And and when that happened, you guys are like, oh, you took so much money from this cat. So much money from this cat. It's insane the amount of dollar bills you took from this guy. And his whole thing was, uh, the best the only way to become the only reason I'm becoming wealthy is I can give it all away. He was doing nothing but partying and having fun and playing playing big business guy. So this thing now collapsed like a bank run in the metaverse. $32 billion. And it turns out he's a crook and a con artist. So now they've appointed this guy. John Ray III was appointed after Enron. Remember Enron collapsed? Okay, what was that, 2001? They lost $74 billion in Enron. So they appointed this guy, John Ray, back then to, I guess take over the company, clean it up. Now they're bringing him back. Now he's going to run FTX. He said, I've never seen such a complete failure of corporate control. And again, he ran Enron. Yeah. And this was so much more disorganized that he was getting his people. So everybody who worked for him, don't take a paycheck. Take, invest your life savings. Take everything you've got and you put it in here. Right? Let's invest all of it. Let's invest all of it into this. And they were, knowing full well it was going to die, which also makes him a scumbag. He said the FTX group did not keep appropriate books or records of security curls. It was so disorganized, they were unable to prepare a complete list of who worked there. <laughs> At least Elon knows who he's firing. The plot thickens because this guy, SBF, this Sam Bankman-Fried, millennial Madoff, the second biggest donor to the Democratic Party after George Soros. They loved his ass. He was always with Clinton. Yeah, always. Always with Clinton, always doing certain things, handing money out left, right, and center to these big organizations uh, that were helping to do certain things and to push stuff like ballot harvesting and things. Nowhere was he to be found. Plus, on top of that, he was also trying to get them to regulate all of his rivals. So that's why he was courting favor. And it just sort of, to your point about we're in our silos, it's like 
Everything now is, as long as you're on our team, we don't care, we don't look at it. It has a very Epstein feel, you know, Jeffrey Epstein. This kind of smells of that. We're not, he's one of us. He's on our side. He donates to our causes. We don't need to look too hard into the fact that he's a con man. And that's what he was. He was an absolute con man. An absolute con man. And he, he, he it wasn't the, the insanity of, of this. And the amount of money that disappeared. So his girlfriend also ugly sin. There, there was like eight or ten of them living in this penthouse, right? And she set up another company. And apparently, there's about a hundred other companies that worked within this sphere. And what ended up happening was he would take people's money, and then he would go over and fund things over in her thing. A lot of people think she's she was the big reason behind all of this. And they're just the entire thing is a mess. And it's ugly and it's horrible. But the amount of money he spent on Democrats, are we going to get anything? I mean, they're going to go out and investigate whether or not Taylor Swift tickets and Ticketmaster were the way it was. But are we going to get anything real out of this? There should be. And they've been asking a lot, even some left-leaning papers and television thing but asking some serious questions about a lot of this stuff like hey what you guys do with that money hey where'd that stuff go hey what'd you guys do with with this oh, oh, oh. i don't know hopefully we find out sooner rather than later but unlike twitter twitter's still going elon musk said when he met the guy he goes about 30 minutes in I, my bs detector came on and this cat was full of it yeah he was. Absolutely. It's crazy. It is really like when you sit back and it is just nuts how bad it was. And we're going to find out more and more when and if they extradite that guy. Uh, or if he, I, I hope he's still there in the Bahamas. Maybe he's gone to Dubai. He's trying to, do you find a place where there's no extradition? And every day he opens his mouth on Twitter or he'll DM somebody who will ask him a question that's a news media person. And he gives him these bizarre answers like, well, I knew I had to do some bad. So one day I could do some good kind of thing. You're like, what the hell is wrong with you? My God. Oh, yes. Twitter's still alive. I just checked it a minute ago. It seems that Twitter is really in an ever-quickening death spiral. And last night, you could see this uh, reflected on Twitter or else, uh, where RIP Twitter was the top trend worldwide. And that's because there's been this mass exodus of Twitter employees. Basically, Elon Musk gave them that ultimatum to work hardcore or leave the company. And scores of employees, hundreds of employees, appear to have left the company. This, of course, comes after mass layoffs a couple weeks ago, which has, in short, left Twitter depleted of staff, staff that will just run the day-to-day functions, keep key systems online. So here's something. Uh, is it still up and running? Absolutely it is. But how can that be, Chad? Because, because these people have an overinflated ego that they are untouchable, that them leaving the company would somehow make this thing collapse. No, no. He's gotten more resumes than he knows what to do with. A lot of people who work in the quote-unquote liberal lair of the Silicon Valley and the few colleges they hire from who didn't have a chance, well, guess what? He'll find some that do. He brought some people over. 
But the thought that it's over, it's done with. Oh, my God. How will they survive? What did you think? You were going to leave? And I'll say, do you know who I am? Yes, I know who you are. You're a person who works at Twitter. Look, I've got no self-inflated ego about this. If I, my last show was Friday, none of you guys would give a rat's ass. You'd be like, what happened, Chad? Oh, he's going, oh, that sucks. Yeah, I liked him. Oh, okay. And you're going to move on. Maybe the next person that would take over you. Like him, maybe not like him, but that's the reality. Michael Jordan left. We're like, well, never going to play basketball again. But to think that you're walking out, what's going to be more of an ego ego blow if he goes, hey, I only need 300 people to run this company, and he gets 300 people to run this company? More people are pissed at him than the guy who stole billions. That's nuts. Because he's the main. I was talking to a former Twitter executive last night, someone who recently departed the company, and that person explained to me they're going to have a hard time just keeping the lights on over at Twitter given this mass exodus uh, that has really come because of Elon Musk's own doing. Oh, yeah, they're going to have a hard time keeping the lights on. I just sit there and laugh and go, is that, are you, are you guys being serious right now? I mean, is that, a, is that, are you being serious right now? that because you've left, they're going to collapse. That, to me, is the hubris, right? The hubris. He's trying to do a lot of things. He is. He's trying to do a lot of things. Has he bitten off more than a tube? There's a possibility of that. But to think that tomorrow they're just like, you were going to walk out, and they're like, well, last person out, just pull the plug, and this thing will shut down. Okay. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show. Here's your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. Coming up, a little what's trending straight ahead. Chad Benson Show. Irreverent? Um, like, yeah. So what? It's the Chad Benson Show. Now it's time to find out what's trending. What's trending? Einstein, James Dean, Davy Crockett, Peter Pan, Elvis Presley, Disneyland, Princess Grace, Hanky Place, Trouble in the Suez. Norway, Oman, Pakistan, Qatar, Russia, Suriname. Leonhead, Brass, Nap, Lenny, Bush, and Lester Banks, Birthday Party, Cheesecake, Jelly Beef, Boom. What's trending? That's interesting. The Qatar's mentioning that. Number trending thing, the World Cup on Twitter. England crushing earlier today, Iran 6-2 in their opening match. Lots of other football news, if you will. Thanksgiving trending as well. Monday thoughts. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure, for sure, for sure. For sure, man. Bob Iger trending as well. He was the former CEO of Disney. And then they brought in another guy. Chapek, who was the CEO and is now the former CEO of Disney because they brought Bob Iger back immediately today because they're thinking things aren't going so well here, especially when it comes to the movie side of Disney and whatnot. Head over to the magical world of Google. Chris Brown, number one trending thing today. U.S. men's national team also trending. They play later. Power Rangers. Jason David Frank passed away yesterday, 49 years old. He was the original Power Ranger. So for all the incarnations of the Power Rangers and everything, there was an original Power Ranger. 
He was the white Power Ranger. Oh, that's not very nice, Chad. I don't know why race has anything to do with it. No. Uh, he was 49 years old. They did not reveal the cause of death. But uh, he did a bunch of other things in the Power Ranger world. But uh, Legend of the White Dragon was his last thing he did. Uh, he was a mixed martial artist guy. But man, a lot of people are going, I remember that guy. So he was the guy with the long hair. Uh, lots of NFL stuff. Colorado Springs. The shooting that took place there yesterday, which was, I mean, on, uh, well, Saturday into Sunday, which was horrific. More stuff about Bob Iger, The Walking Dead. Finally comes to an end, they say. Lionel Richie, he got the big award. He got the Icon Award. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the World Cup teams today will not be wearing the one-arm love band like a lot of people thought they were going to wear. And the reason for that is because, uh, you know, FIFA, I guess, has threatened them and whatnot. I don't know if that's really going to happen, whether they're going to do them. Right, are you really going to throw Germany or England out of the World Cup or suspend one of their better players for that? It's not the people's fault, right? It's a corrupt organization's fault. I'm just saying. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. Uh, by the way, I don't know if you guys heard over the weekend uh, with the screaming and the yelling of, you know, that, that Twitter no longer is going to exist except for the part where it does. Uh, and they're so worried about it. I uh, guess who could potentially be back? Oh, yeah. You guys probably heard the Donald. I don't see any reason for it. Uh, they have a lot of problems at Twitter. You see what's going on. It may make it. It may not make it. Yeah, he's not going back, at least right now, because he has a rival to it. Now, there's nothing in the world that, as far as, like, for his reach, that he ever got anywhere close to. And truth doesn't do it for him. But he's made a ton of money, and he's not going back anytime soon. So, you know, at least that's what he says, but you never know. So apparently he had a vote, saw it the other night, uh, about whether or not he should allow Trump back. And it won like 51.8% of the vote. So they said, ah, we're going to let him have it but watching people melt down over trump being back the celebrities in particular are hilarious my god get a grip people get a grip it's words on a computer or on your phone get over it chad benson Jim. Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. The World Cup is going on. Obviously, Qatar, or Qatar, whatever you want to call it, is hosting the World Cup. And lots have been made by the fact that lots of people have died making these stadiums, which are beautiful stadiums. All right, they're, they're gorgeous. I'm not going to pretend that they're not. Just so everybody makes everybody feel good. But then there's that weird thing, what they call sports washing, right? Is the games being sport washed? Well, first, I can't, like, it's like whitewashing something. 
making it seem like, eh, it's a little bit more vanilla. It's a little more, hey, it's this or it's that. These are the bad guys, good guys kind of thing. The reality of it is, is I can't blame the sport itself. It's not its fault. I can't blame the players. Not their fault. If you would ask any one of these players, hey, do you want to stop down in the middle of your season? So imagine this. And we've seen it with the Olympics where people throw a fit, right? The hockey teams are like, what? Well, we got to stop down in the middle of the season. You know, the, 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 you know, the summer Olympics, the basketball teams, right? Because those you could equate that is normally what would happen. So normally, because we're going to host the, the World Cup in three and a half years, it'll take place from like mid-June or early June through July or something like that, or mid, you know, mid, you know, late June through late, you know, July. That's when it's their off season. That's when the tournaments take place. But this, because of Qatar or Qatar, because of the weather, we've had to shut it down. So if you were to ask the players, hey, would you like to shut down your entire season for five weeks where you guys have had very little time together? Because some of these teams, like uh, yesterday, Qatar played, and boy, were they crappy. Uh, you can buy the World Cup, but you can't buy a team. I've been saying that all day. Uh, where, where, like, Ecuador's like we had three days to prepare. Our players got in, you know, sporadically because their leagues were playing until this past weekend. So we've had three days together to prepare. So I can't blame the team. I can't blame, you know, I can't blame the teams. I can't blame any of the players. I can't blame the game itself, but I can blame FIFA for what it's done. You sold out. And you're fine with that. And you're pissed that people call you on the carpet. Over the weekend, Gianni Infantino, who was the guy who runs FIFA. Because people are all asking him, hey, uh, does it suck that they treat gay people like this? That women are second-class citizens? That, uh, uh, you know, uh, there's, there's, they've threatened you in every way, shape, or form. Where We promised you the world, but then took everything back from the beer to everything else. And does it suck about that? Like, that's every question he gets. He was not happy about it. Weird. Err. Than normal. Start saying wacky stuff. Yeah, because he's, I mean, he's pissed. This is supposed to be the penultimate event. And yet here we are. Yet here we are playing this thing. And I'm loving it. I mean, we got a game later on today. The most controversial World Cup in history, and a ball hasn't even been kicked. Ever since FIFA chose Qatar back in 2010, the smallest nation to have hosted football's greatest competition has faced some big questions. From accusations of corruption in the bidding process to the treatment of migrant workers who built the stadiums where many lost their lives. Homosexuality is illegal here. Women's rights and freedom of expression are in the spotlight. Also, the decision six years ago to switch the World Cup from summer to winter. Against that backdrop, there's a tournament to be played. One that will be watched and enjoyed around the world. Yeah, that's Gary Lineker, one of the great England stars of all time. Gary, he gave me great advice way back when. He said, and this is awesome, because <laughs> he said, I never, mi- I never worry about missing my opportunities. I'll start to worry when I no longer get opportunities. I thought that's really good advice. But he's right. People looking at this, the wackiness, the insanity of it all, you sold out. And trying to hold you accountable, you're, you're uncomfortable with. Well, you should be. Did you think it was going to be easy? Right? 
Did you think it was going to be easy? No, it shouldn't. If you watched yesterday any of the World Cup opening ceremonies, I'm like, NBS is right next to the president of FIFA. NBS, right next to him. Today I feel uh, Qatari. Today I feel Arab. Today I feel African. Today I feel uh, gay. Today I feel disabled. Today, I feel uh, a migrant worker. Yeah. No, you don't, because you want to know why? Because they're dead. Say what you want, they're dead. People are getting hammered for going there and performing. Morgan Freeman yesterday, performing live. This is uh, Maluma, big Colombian star, was asked about human rights abuses. Oh, was he? Oh, yeah, he was. One of the artists behind the World Cup theme song walked out of an interview in Qatar after being grilled about the host country's poor human rights record. Colombian singer Maluma was was asked where he stood on Qatar's violations, especially considering other artists refused to participate in the World Cup because of the abuses. Here's how he reacted. Do you have problem with, with human rights violation on this country? Yeah, but it's something that I can't resolve. I just came here to enjoy life, enjoy soccer. I'm here enjoying my music and uh, beautiful life playing soccer too. Yeah, yeah, that's that's it. I, I can't do anything about it, right? I can't do anything about it. I'm just here to enjoy everything. Sucks for all those other people. Can you understand just people who are going to say that very, by the very presence of you here, you're like helping whitewashing, whitewashing understand. the... Uh, do I have to answer that question? No, but I'm just asking that people are going to ask. You don't do that. What the problem? I mean... Rude. I'm rude? Yeah. Why I'm rude, Maloma? I don't think... I, I think that this is what people say. It's what people think. After that interview, the singer went on to perform at a FIFA fan festival in Qatar's capital. Yeah, it's again... And it's shameful because I love the game, watching the game. Got the England game on right now against Iran. They're going to win. Right? Big game today, later on. Oddly enough, the U.S. game starts at 10 o'clock local time in Qatar. Man, sitting around all day waiting for a game has got to be crazy. And I'm going to watch the hell out of it. Right? I have us tying today, by the way. Uh, But all that being said, the frustration level that people should feel over the fact that they've handed this country the World Cup based on their insanity of being money-hungry. It's it's shameful. It really is. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. You can tweet at us, text the program. Love hearing from every single one of you. How do we hold our athletes accountable for things? Kyrie Irving, yesterday. Again, apologizing, the basketball player for the Knicks, who had some issues, to say the least, with some of the things he tweeted, seen as anti-Semitic, and again, apologizing after being out suspended for eight games. I just want to offer my uh, deep apologies to all those who are impacted uh, over these last few weeks, um, specifically my uh, Jewish relatives my black relatives, um, you know, all races and cultures feel like we all felt the impact. And I don't stand for anything uh, close to hate speech or anti-Semitism or anything that is anti going against the human race. Yeah. So he came out and apologized again before and after the game. 
It's funny because so many of these people are not used to being pushed back on any of these things. They're not used to being to being asked the questions over and over again. And it was a fair question to ask. It was. Whether it's, hey, Maluma, super soccer Colombian rock star. Uh, hey, it's pretty much crap that you sold out for blood money is what people are thinking. And on the same side of it, you know, Kyrie Irving was suspended. Now today, all the teams, there was the thought that they were all going to wear rainbow patches or something uh, to show their support being inclusive they didn't uh i guess they decided not to uh you know they were worried that they were going to get suspended for the games some of the teams and on the other side of it the uh uh the english team did take a knee to start the game to show support i guess the best that they can do they're the players let's not forget they're the players they didn't come up with this idea Somebody else did. They got sold out. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson Show. Is your Twitter, your Instagram, and all of the things. And there are plenty of things. Don't get me wrong. Talk a little American Music Awards coming up last night. Lionel Richie is a big winner. Got the Icon Award. He's an icon. He is an icon, right? Lionel Richie's an icon. Lionel Richie's an icon. And then, of course, our favorite thing, always this time of year. President Biden continues an annual White House Thanksgiving tradition today when he pardons two turkeys named Chocolate and Chip. It's an event that officially began in 1989 with President George H.W. Bush. But there's debate over when the first presidential turkey pardon actually occurred. Some historians say it may go all the way back to Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln's son, Tad, befriended a turkey and successfully lobbied his dad to save it from ending up his dinner. President Harry Truman is credited with granting the first presidential pardon to a turkey in the modern era back in 1947, but the first known official turkey pardon was in 1989 during the presidency of George H.W. Bush when he used the word pardon at his annual Thanksgiving turkey event. Ah, it's always the favorite, right? So chocolate and chip will be pardoned today. They can know that they'll live freely on a farm somewhere <laughs> for the rest of their days, however long those days, maybe. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. It's the Chad Benson Show. The Chad Benson Show. Where we reach across the aisle and occasionally poke someone in the eye. The 50th American Music Awards rolling into the Microsoft Theater in Los Angeles. Pink getting the party started on the ground and taking the stage again to perform a heartfelt tribute to the late Olivia Newton-John. Lionel Richie honored with the prestigious Icon Award. And at the world's largest fan-voted award show, the fans hopelessly devoted to T-Swift. An historic weekend at the AMAs for Taylor. After a turbulent few days with that Ticketmaster disaster surrounding her tour. That's not her fault. <laughs> I'm going to say that. that. Look, am I a Swifty? I am not. I am not a Swifty, friends. I am not a Swifty at all. That being said, that wasn't her fault. Ticketmaster kaplunked. Imagine trying to put, you know, a thousand cars into a tunnel that holds... Four cars. Two coming one way, two coming the other. Even if it's six cars. 
right? Four going away, two coming in. That wasn't her fault. It just wasn't. That's all I'm trying to say, kids. It wasn't her fault at all. But they're going to do a, you know, the thing, right? Where they're going to come out and they're going to be like, hey, uh, we have to come out and investigate you guys. It's, it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do. We're going to have to do that. Come out and investigate everything. It's the right thing to do. Right thing to do. Right thing to do. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Shows your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. Love hearing from all of you. Trump back on Twitter, but not really back on Twitter because he doesn't know if he's going to go and tweet or not. I'm sure at some point he probably will. Is it going to be today? No. Will it be tomorrow? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, his stuff's always ends up there anyways. So if he tweets one thing, it always ends up there. Because somebody grabs it that's not off of Twitter and then posts it there. That's what they do. It's kind of who we are now. That is kind of who we are. Speaking of nowadays, it is the Turkey Gobbler Weekend. It's the Turkey Gobbler Weekend. So a uh, uh, quick uh, reminder, I am off Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and whatnot, but uh, it is going to be expensive for some of you out there in the twerky, turkey gobbler world, partly because of uh, the lack of turkeys, because of the uh, avian bird flu, but uh, also because prices are still high. If you are going to do some grocery shopping today, at least come early or just avoid 1 p.m. because that is the time nationally that it's busiest, according to Google Maps data. Tuesday morning, 9 a.m., that is the least crowded time to go. So Tuesday morning. So tomorrow morning, 9 a.m., depending on where you are in the country, it's either when I'm getting off the air or when I'm starting. So you can always podcast this. Is the least busiest in the morning. Okay? Otherwise, it's a busy. It's busy, 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 and expensive. Now, what about shopping? Because we like to shop. It's part of our DNA. If you're starting your holiday gift shopping early, local malls and shopping centers, best bet, 3 p.m. on Monday. Now, if you want to talk about Black Friday specifically, usually traffic picks up in stores basically between noon and 4 p.m. So long story short, do not go to stores on Black Friday in the middle of the day. Okay, so I won't do that because I'll be watching Jack play hockey. Now, so we got that. So it's a Tuesday morning. Simple and easy. Right? 9 a.m., boom. Easy to go shopping for Thanksgiving. Black Friday from noon till 4, nasty, busy, fights, screaming, yelling, people crashing into each other. See what I'm going? See what I'm doing there? Thanksgiving travel is expected to be the busiest in almost two decades, with more Americans opting to drive to their destinations. Also, filling up your tank will cost more than years prior. On Thanksgiving Day, the national average for a gallon of gas is expected to hit $3.68 a gallon. That is a record high. Record high. Record high. Joe Biden's like, I did that. I did. Oh, Chad's not very nice. It's not very nice at all. That's not nice. Now, let's talk about the travel, because many of you are going to be traveling. You're going to be on airplanes. Let's get it right so you're not stuck somewhere on Sunday having to hope to get back to your work on Monday afternoon or Tuesday, and your boss is like, you should have planned better for this, but it's not your fault. 
The experts say that before 8 a.m. or after 8 p.m. on Wednesday is the best time to travel. The worst time to travel will be between 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. on Thanksgiving Day. It is almost guaranteed that you will hit bumper to bumper traffic in the nation's largest cities like here in New York, Los Angeles and in Atlanta. But some good news with the rise of remote work. More Americans may actually leave earlier and give us all some relief from that rush. Okay, so now we're getting okay. We're getting down to the, the nitty gritty here. So, leave really early or really late. Thanksgiving Day is going to be a nightmare to travel in the big cities. By the way, I'm going to say this: I left. We left really late. Was it last last year on a Tuesday? I think, or a Wednesday. They go okay. Well, and it was so bad. It was. Awful. It was the worst experience. It was a nightmare. So I, I think in some big cities, doesn't matter when you leave. I'm just saying. In an effort to avoid the cancellation chaos that we saw this past year, particularly, you'll remember this past summer, airlines have hired additional employees and adjusted some schedules. As for what it will cost you, Hopper, a mobile app that tracks ticket prices, expects passengers to pay on average $350 for a domestic ticket. That's about 43% higher than last year. International travelers can expect to see ticket prices average around $795. International. So if you're going somewhere like Europe, maybe Qatar to watch the World Cup or Qatar, uh, you got nothing to worry about because they're not celebrating Thanksgiving. I'm just letting you know. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter tweet. Text. Love hearing from all of you. All right. Uh, you know, this, we put these two hours. Ding, 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 ding. We put them down quick. That's what we do. That's who we are. If you don't get the third hour, tell your station, hey, we want the third hour. And if you're going to miss it, grab the podcast. It's just that simple. Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts independent life this is chad benson what a weekend of insanity and craziness to say the least world cup kicked off a lot of fun stuff there twitter says hey trump you can come back oh he did because he's an evil person it's an evil person but then on the saturday shows a lot of stuff around still the midterms to fall out of that and you know look how do they play this how the republicans play this thing going forward Let me make one thing really clear. The only reason to affiliate with a political party, the only reason to support a political party is to win. Nothing else matters. If you don't win, you can't govern. Winning campaigns are always the campaigns that look forward and not backwards. Chris Christie taking a bit of shot at Trump there. Uh, It was the reality of the world that we live in. It wasn't good at all for the Republicans, and they're still licking their wounds over that. And, and you know, a lot of people out there pointing out, look, the, here, here's the reality. Seven, eight, ten percent, which we've always said, lives in the world of cuckoo land, right, of extremism. I feel like we're having a not as crazy as we thought moment. Let's 
rally the normies, which we now realize are still most of us, and bully the bullies on the extreme ends, who are such a tiny part of us, and yet thanks to social media and partisan politics, are able to hog the microphone and make everything suck. The extremists are only about 7 to 8% on both sides, and yet they get 90% of the media attention. 92% of all tweets in this country come from 10% of the users. Why are we letting 15% of the population make us all miserable? Boom. Absolutely 100% correct. Why? Because we have allowed it because we enjoy the arguing, the fighting, the insanity. That's what we enjoy. We like the crazy. There is a reason for that. Go and look at, okay? I want you guys to go, go and look at a show where they're showing... Uh, you know, like a real housewife show or some sort of, of, of reality show. What is it? It's the drama. It's the frustration. It's the anger. It's the yelling at each other. That is modern politics. That's what gets people to pay attention. And at the end of the day, isn't that what it's about? It's about people paying attention. How do I get people to look at my stuff? How do I get people to look at 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 my thing? You got to be loud. You got to be annoying. You got to be all of those things. Trump was all of those things originally. He's, you know, now he's just more annoying than anything else. Right? The AOCs of the world. The Matt Getzes of the world. The people that live in the world of the extreme. That's not the average person. The average person is not that. The average person is you and I. We're a little bit right, we're a little bit left, but that's it. We don't live in the world of extremes because, first of all, that's not good for anybody. Secondly, that's not where vast majority of people live. They live in the world of a little bit right, a little bit left. You got to give a little bit, you're going to get a little bit. And unfortunately, we don't have that. When it comes to social media and the media itself, the media, I'm sure, is licking its chops, hoping Trump's comes back to Twitter because it's good business for them because the extremes and Trump will say stuff and it gives them something. And they're like, oh, this will be a headache. But really, they're going, oh, this could be great for us. Is it? Is it going to be? My question is, how do I expand the tent? That'd be my question. How do I bring more people to us? How do I expand the tent? How do I make things better for our party and for the American people? How do I do those things? First, the American people. Let's focus on them. The thing is, though, like everything, you know, it's like we're going to get into a little bit later. It's like if you watch the news, Twitter's pretty much going to go bankrupt in an hour and a half and the lights are going to go off. That's not going to happen. But people believe that because they hear it. So the extremes dominate and they point and, and paint pictures that they want you to see. If you're the GOP, your question needs to be every day, how do we expand the tent? We got to make sure we're very clear about what we stand for. Um, we can't, you know, we can't be compromising. We got to stand for the things we believe in and actually be hell bent on getting them done. Rick Scott right there. Yeah. Be hell bent on getting them done. What are those things? We need to be honest. We need to be transparent. We need to be straightforward. We need to have conversations and dialogue. And we need to come at it from Americans. I'm an American. You're an American. When it comes to voting, this this is how we do this. 
You're not going to get everything you want. I'm not going to get everything I want. But the reality is, is I'm here to try to do the best I can to deliver for the people. How do I expand the tent so I have more people to deliver for, not less? I think we've got to get, get out of asking people uh, the color of their skin. Uh, we've got to judge them based on their character. Uh, every, we're all you know, American citizens. Have, we should have the same opportunities. I think that's what we ought to be talking about. Yeah, but people aren't. They should not. Because it matters more. It's like even over the this past weekend, the big talk about Hakeem Jeffries is going to be the first African American. Uh, what are wh- how does he feel? You know, the funny thing is, the left to me has always been more racist because they're more concerned about the color of your skin, who you love, how, all of those things than than the right. I've always said this. I don't care. Would, I, would you hire trans people? I've hired trans people when I've had businesses. I got no problem with it. Zero. Can you get the job done? Robin, who worked for me for a long time, when I was in the financial sector doing stuff, raising money, stuff, trans. Robin was great at her job, doing what she needed to do. I got no problems with that. None. The left is always super concerned. They'd be like, Robin's the greatest. Really? Robin wasn't the greatest. Robin did a good job. Not a problem. But it would have been why? She's the greatest because of the color of her skin, because she's trans, because she's a What is it that would make because they like to check off stuff? I want to know about, can you do the job? Are you good at this? Are you going to lead us down a path of destruction? Those are the things that matter. Everything else means very little. I want to make money. I want to win. I don't care about the rest of the noise. And if the right's going to win, they got to figure this out. How do they go about doing the things they need to do in such a way as to continue to grow as opposed to shrink? And maybe it is a civil war, quote unquote, that it has to happen. And remember, so many of these people are screaming about a civil war inside of the Republican Party are in districts that are so safe that there is very little worry for them at all. To lose their spot. Very little. So I don't care what you do. I'm not, I'm fine. I got nothing to worry about. How's this affect me? The minute it affects them, you watch them change their tune. Same thing on the left. When they're screaming and yelling and they're going in the crazy areas, those people are in areas where they have very little to worry about as far as losing their spot. They're more apt to lose their spot to somebody more left or more right of them than anything else. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. Horrible setting in Colorado. Uh, Just another nightmare. And uh, while we have touched throughout the show about it, the reality is is, uh, we will give this person zero publicity at all five dead 25 injured not gonna say his name he's a scumbag you know it and i know it uh why did he do it that's the questions that'll be asked over the next couple days but like everything people rush to it's this or it's that i don't know i don't know
Just a vile incident. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson Show. MyPillow right now has great deals on the MyPillow and everything else at MyPillow.com slash Benson. You go there right now and you get great deals on towels. They get a $40 for a six-piece towel set going on right now. And you can take advantage of that, plus all the other great deals. And right now, if you act before December 25th, guess what? Super major discounts on all MyPillow products. But on top of that, you're going to get yourself that warranty extended out to March of next year. So that is something that's huge. So take advantage of that and get these deep, 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 deep discounts on the MyPillow products, including the MyPillow, the mattress topper, but a six-piece towel set right now, 40 bucks, normally $90 yours right now with extended warranty, cotton grown in the USA, super, super absorbent. You will love these things. Go to MyPillow.com slash Benson. Take advantage of this and all the other deep discounts. MyPillow.com slash Benson. MyPillow.com slash Benson. At Chad Benson Show. Twitter, C-H-A-D-B-E-N-S-O-N. The World Cup kicked off yesterday. A nightmare to say the least for the home team, which is also the host. Usually it doesn't go this way. And a lot of people are going, good, good. They deserve it. Chad Benson Show. You're listening to The Chad Benson Show. Valencia scores! And that's how it started yesterday. The World Cup kicked off. Started. Cutter. Hosting said World Cup. Uh, bought the World Cup. Let me tell you what you can't buy, though. You can't buy a team. Uh, they were not very good. They're the first host in history to lose their opening game. So they host the World Cup. They have waited all these years. They've put together this amazing stadium. They've done all the things that you need to do, except for the fact that you can't buy a World Cup team. You can't do it. And it showed. They were not very good. Uh, they were uninspiring. The, the, the stage was way too big for them, and it showed yesterday. It did. It was uh, It was at times embarrassing. In fact, halfway through the second half, uh, that the stadium, I think, was probably 60% full. It was totally packed pre the game during the first half. But once they went down, it was over. It was over. They were uninspiring, to say the least. And uh, good, 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 good. Bye-bye. 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 But the controversy of the World Cup continues because of the fact that it's being held in Qatar, because of the fact uh, that this is a you know a country that has horrific human rights violations, and people are asking questions about it. Why today's game's going on? It really kicks off today with the teams kicking off today. Uh, you know, England, Iran. Uh, you've got, uh, which is, you know, being played right now. And then you've got the, the likes of, of Senegal and, and Holland. And then, of course, the big one, you know, Wales and the United States, the big one for us uh, today. So, but yesterday was just, you, you couldn't buy it. I mean, it was interesting to watch, too. I mean, I will say the opening ceremonies were great. The stadiums look amazing. They should. 6,500 people lost their lives making that. Somewhere in there, I think there's an OSHA violation. 
Qatar has a lot riding on the cup, the socially conservative country with a history of human rights abuses, spending $200 billion on infrastructure. Stadiums, hotels, a new airport and roads had to be built from the ground up. And the games were moved from summer to winter because of Qatar's dangerous heat. And then a last-minute decision led to a ban on alcohol sales at the games. Yes, yes, which of course pissed people off. And now some people are saying, well, Qatar did that on purpose. And the reason they did that on purpose is because... Because they wanted to piss the West off for their, uh, well, for their, you know, annoying, uh, annoyingly saying, hey, stuff like, hey, uh, it's really mean what you guys are saying about us. Hey, it's really mean that you guys are picking on us for our human rights violations. Hey, it's really mean that you're pointing out 6,500 plus people died making the stadiums. Hey, it's really mean. So we'll show you. We'll get rid of the beer. How's that going for you? Uh, Not happy. And apparently there's been some weird stuff, too. So you had an Argentinian broadcaster. She was robbed live on air. They stole her purse. She said she goes to the police. She reports the incident. And the cops say, well, we've got cameras everywhere. We'll find them. So what do you want us to do with them? What kind of punishment do you want? (laughs) She's like, what? Does you guys have laws for that? Like, you know, uh, yeah, well, yeah, well, they are. You're going to basically, whatever it is that you want to have happen, I guess, is what will happen. Speaking of the beer, Budweiser came up with a genius way of getting rid of all of their beer. The first match yesterday featured Ecuador against Qatar. The match starting with 67,000 fans. But in the second half, the stadium half empty. Fans of Team Ecuador cheering in Spanish, queremos cerveza. Translation, we want beer. The king of beers tweeting a picture of its stockpile of excess beer at one of its warehouses with the caption, new day, new tweet. Winning country gets the buds. Who will get them? Yeah, so they've said whoever gets, uh, whoever wins the World Cup gets all of the beer in the warehouses. Uh, and there's a lot of beer. They expected a lot of beer to be, uh, you know, flowing, if you will, through this. It has been, um, I, you know, people call it sports washing, and uh, we might touch on that in a little bit. Uh, we've touched on it throughout the show. It is, uh, look, it's not the team's fault. Okay, it's not the sports fault. It's the ruling body that gave the World Cup to this country. That's the reality of this. It is not the players fault. It's not the sponsors fault. It's the fact that you gave a a, the world's game, the most beautiful game, the beautiful game. That's what they call it. You gave it to a bunch of people who were able to buy their way into hosting this event with no professional league, a country that is wee tiny, and you gave it to them because you wanted to what? Get a bunch of free money? You did. They spent a ton of money. FIFA's happy. They're making money uh, hand over fist. But you also know that you put people at risk for going to places like this. And it really opens people's eyes. I mean, there's no doubt. You look at Cutter, it's gorgeous. So the backdrops of these things, that stadium last night, it, it, it is gorgeous to look at. But at what cost? Fair to ask. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show, your Twitter. Tweet at us, text the program. A lot of stuff still to squeeze into. A short week this week. I'm here today, tomorrow. Then I'm off Wednesday and, of course, the rest of the week. Uh, which is good. I need a little bit of break going out to see Jack uh, with some 
hockey, see how he does in a hockey land. This is a, this is a tournament that he should do well at. That's what I told him. He's got new skates. You're feeling good. This is your tournament. Use that confidence. So short week this week. Craig will be in for me on Wednesday. It's the Chad Benson Show. Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Oh, what a weekend. World Cup started. That was pretty good. College football's insane. That was pretty good. Uh, oh, Donald Trump's back on Twitter. Well, at least in theory. Uh, that is, uh, I don't know what it is. People freaked out. I uh, To me, I don't care that he's on Twitter. Not tw- not on Twitter. I'm not following him. Uh, you know, it's, it's an afterthought at this moment in time. I still don't think he is what he, uh, here's what he is. He isn't relevant in the sense of the modern political day that we live right now. Okay, he's running for president. So what? Everybody knew he was going to run for president. Everybody did. They all knew he was going to run for president. So that doesn't do anything. But the reality of all of this is just the fact that people are losing their freaking mind over it. My God, it's hilarious. After Elon Musk purchased Twitter, he said a content moderation council would be formed before any big decisions were made, including over whether to reinstate people. But Saturday night, he said the results of a poll with more than 51 percent voting yes meant it was time to reinstate former President Donald Trump to Twitter. He had been off the site since the aftermath of the January 6th Capitol riot. So he's back and uh, he didn't know if he's going to tweet or not. I don't know if he's going to tweet. Uh, Quite frankly, I don't care. Uh, A lot of people do. But like I said, to me, the most entertaining thing was watching people lose their mind over it. Truth Social has been very, very powerful, very, very strong. And I'll be staying there. But I hear we're getting a big vote to also go back on Twitter. Yeah. So will he? Won't he? I have no idea because he's got true social. True social's his baby ish kind of thing. And he's made a ton of money from it. Some three hundred million dollars have been thrown into that that has gone his way. So why would you go up against it? I know that Elon's saying come back. Well, of course it is. It's good business if he comes back, because what are you going to do if you're all of these TV news outlets, everybody, you're going to go where the eyes are. Well, if he's back there tweeting and stuff, people are going to go, oh, we got to go back there and watch. And Musk has called for an emergency meeting for all remaining engineers. In light of the uncertainty around Twitter and out of an abundance of caution, CBS News is pausing its activity on the social media site as it continues to monitor the platform. Out of an abundance of caution. That's what they're saying. Are you blanking kidding me? Out of an abundance of caution? From what? Well, somebody could tweet. The tweet could get out of control. Next thing you know, it's knocked a building over. Out of an abundance of caution, we've decided to pause all of our stuff. Go ahead. Here's the one thing. All weekend long, I was looking. I kept going and checking. Ah, Twitter, light's still on. Light's still on. Despite everything, lights are still on. 
It seems that Twitter is really in an ever-quickening death spiral. And last night you could see this uh, reflected on Twitter or else, uh, where RIP Twitter was the top trend worldwide. And that's because there's been this mass exodus of Twitter employees. Basically, Elon Musk gave them that ultimatum to work hardcore or leave the company. And scores of employees, hundreds of employees, appear to have left the company. This, of course, comes after mass layoffs a couple weeks ago, which has, in short, left Twitter depleted of staff, staff that will just run the day-to-day functions, keep key systems online. Or or you bring in some other coders, which is what they did. You work hard for a few days, which is what you did, and everything still seems to be running, right? Because I talk about the overinflated ego of like, oh, God, without us here, you guys can't function. Like, did you think you were leaving and then somehow it was like, once we leave, we pull this plug, whole thing shuts down. You spent $44 billion. You got to the point where you were $230 billion and you should have known. You're not that smart. You're not that brilliant. You're not that good. You're just lucky. That's it. That's all you are is lucky. Nothing else. We're the real reason that Twitter functioned. No. No, you're not. You're just a, 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 a spoke, if you will, in a wheel. But when I was a kid, I had mag rims. There was just a few spokes. The thing rode really, really good. I was talking to a former Twitter executive last night, someone who recently departed the company, and that person explained to me they're going to have a hard time just keeping the lights on over at Twitter, given this mass exodus uh, that has really come because of Elon Musk's own doing. Really? So so they're going to have a hard time keeping the lights on. Why is that? Because your overinflated ego to believe that you're the reason that the thing functioned? How many people have worked with people like this where they think, man, they can't lose me, right? They can't lose me. If I walk away, this place is going to shut down. I have news for you. I have no overinflated ego. If I was gone, if, if Friday was my last show and somebody else took over today, you guys would be like, where's Chad? Oh, he's not there. Well, that sucks. And you keep on with your life. There is no doubt in my mind. I am here today, gone tomorrow. That is life. The overinflated ego of these people to think that they are the reason why. No, you're not. You were a portion of something, and yes, you can be replaced. You know who couldn't be replaced? Tom Brady. He'll be replaced. Other people will come behind him, but he got seven Super Bowls. He's not replaceable, right? But he is replaceable. Things will go on. Maybe better. But at that moment in time when he's at the height of his game, that's a tough thing to replace. It is. Patrick Mahomes. Lionel Messi, speaking of the World Cup, at the height of his game. Cristiano Ronaldo. Michael Jordan, LeBron James. You know, Michael Jordan left the game years ago. We're still talking about him, but the game has still gone on. To me, the thing that's been most hilarious about this is the insanity of which these people believe that they are all that and a bag of chips. Babylon B is back, and it's funny because they're making fun of all the Twitter employees who have to get real jobs. Yeah, come on in. You know, uh, you're 20 minutes late. Yeah, Twitter, we didn't have, like, start times. Schedules are a remnant of an oppressive colonialist regime. Oppressive colonialist regimes? Okay, well, 
look, the work here is pretty demanding. We need to find someone who can inspect all of our outgoing... Miss, are, are you okay? I'm sorry. I'm not really used to bosses using trigger words like demanding and inspect and... But this is a job. We don't say that either. <laughs> oh, it gets better. So here's a girl who's going to get a job. She worked at Twitter, and now she's got to get a job at a regular place. And, oh my God, what do you mean I've got to show up on time? Demanding? What? And how do you get any work? <laughs> I mean, so how do you get any uh, labor stuff, production, the handwork? Not work, sorry, stuff done. How do you get any stuff done? Uh, Streep's got tons of stuff done on Twitter. Oh, okay. Well, what would you say you did there? I was responsible for so much. As a content moderation specialist, I'd get a text telling me I had to ban someone. So then you'd have to actually, like, walk over to your computer and ban them? Uh, no. I would just hit a button on my phone, and then BAM! Babylon B, banned. Libs of TikTok, banned. <laughs> Again, poking fun at themselves and poking fun of the insanity of what took place in the people... By the way, the people who believe that theirs don't smell. What else did you do there? Drank like a sailor. They had wine on tap, mimosas, a full microbrewery. They also had AA, which was kind of helpful for me. One day at a time. Uh, well, so I think I've seen everything that I need to see. Did you have any questions for us? Tons. Okay, first, you don't actually like expect me to come into the office, do you? Well, how do you expect to get any work done, stuff done at the factory without coming into the factory? Oh, so this is like a job job. Yeah, that might be a deal breaker for me. <laughs> a couple seconds later in the uh, parody, guy walks in because it's like a mechanic shop and he goes, hey boss, uh, something's going on here. I need to go pick something up and his hands are greasy. And she goes, oh my God, what's that? And he goes, it's grease. It's what we do here. We we work, you know, cars and there's grease. And she flips out. Uh, but, yes, again, poking fun of the fact that your belief is that you can do no wrong, that all the things that went on with you and your greatness, that you can't be replaced. I'm here to tell you right now, you can be replaced. The World Cup's going on right now. In earnest, it starts today. Yesterday, we just touched on a little bit. You could buy the World Cup, but you can't buy a team. Uh, Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo, arguably the two greatest players who've ever played the game. There's several teenagers in this World Cup who might not see the field at this World Cup, but are there for the ride, who will one day ascend to that. So, yes, there's always somebody behind you. And yes, for the most part, everybody can be replaced. <laughs> so if you think that you're irreplaceable, no one can replace me. You're wrong. And I love the freaking out of the media and the, the celebrities too, by the way. Here's my favorite. Let's, let's take a look at some of the celebrities uh, tweeted out this week. Mia Farrow, God bless. <sighs> Get blood pressure pills. Rob Reiner, Elon Musk is letting a man who led a violent insurrection to overthrow the United States government back on this platform, letting the lies and disinformation continue, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Michael Kelly, Trump comes back to Twitter. He will bankrupt yet another company. One of his businesses, later Truth Blank Show, Social, whatever it's called. 
Soon as Trump is reinstated, it's goodbye. Ghost. Bye-bye. Adios. John Leguizamo. Bette Midler. A tragic day for Hashtag America, which Elon doesn't understand because of the heart. He's not an American anymore than Hashtag Murdoch is. An illegal immigrant raised in apartheid South Africa. So now, now see, for those of you who don't know, <laughs> that's so he is apparently now part of apartheid South Africa. Do you see the insanity of the of the left? And I'm not talking about the average Democrat is like, whatever. I'm talking about these people who who live in such a weird world where they're sucked in. And, oh, he's part of apartheid South Africa. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly it. Oh, my God. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. One of the other things, uh, Josh Gad, you are truly an a-hole and an anarchist. Because he's so full of hate. He's so full of hate. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. We'll wrap it up straight ahead. It is the Chad Benson Show. Chad Benson Show, where we reach across the aisle and occasionally poke someone in the eye. Question I would ask is, have you complied with the consent decree by avoiding raising fees unnecessarily, charging exorbitant prices, taking over venue sponsorships, advertisers to strangle the market? Oh, my God. Totally asked those. That's what our government is working on right now. Hey, what's going on with the Taylor Swift Ticketmaster thing? You're not worried about anything else? You're not worried about the insanity of what took place with FTX at all? Like nobody's paying attention to that? I mean, some are, but you guys aren't really paying attention to that? We've touched on it throughout the show. But the reality is, is the attention you're paying to that is very little. It's very little. You should pay more attention to the fact that you guys on the left got a crap ton of money uh, over a Ponzi scheme, as Bill Maher puts it. Sam Bankman-Fried. Move over, Martin Shkreli. Okay, they're calling him the Millennial Madoff. This is the crypto guy. I'm not in crypto because I think it's a Ponzi scheme and I'm rooting for its failure. He ran a crypto exchange where you can, I guess, buy and sell crypto called FTX. Unlike banks, which have the FDIC, which insures you so there can't be a run on them, there's nothing here in the crypto world. It's the Wild West. I mean, every month, billions are stolen. North Korea does a lot of it. Totally. Absolutely true. Right? But you guys aren't really going to investigate the hell out of that like you should? Oh, you probably will eventually, but you're not going to run out of it immediately. You want to invest something? You you want to investigate some Republicans? This right here is what you need to take a peek at. He said the FTX group did not keep appropriate books or records and security curls. It was so disorganized, they were unable to prepare a complete list of who worked there. <laughs> at least Elon knows who he's firing. The plot thickens because this guy, SBF, this Sam Bankman Freed, millennial Madoff, the second biggest donor to the Democratic Party after George Soros. They loved his ass. He was always with Clinton. Yeah. Second biggest donor. We touched on it last week. The money he gave, massive amounts of money. And 
The dude who took over for Enron after they went bankrupt said this is the worst he had ever seen ever and forever and forever. Oh, by the way, it gets worse for them because what he was trying to do was to go in and absolutely sweetheart deals and money and everything they could to the people in power. In particular, he's very much a lefty. So he could also make sure that they regulated all of his rivals. Oh, are we going to hear any of this stuff? Really? Outside of the right-leaning media? And it just sort of, to your point about we're in our silos, it's like everything now is, as long as you're on our team, we don't care, we don't look at it. It has a very Epstein feel, you know, Jeffrey Epstein. This kind of smells of that. We're not, he's one of us. He's on our side. He donates to our causes. We don't need to look too hard into the fact that he's a con man. Yeah, con so many people. By the way, his parents, right? His mother's got this get out and vote thing. It was like 40. Uh, I think, I mean, God knows how much money that was given to her and her organizations that are essentially ballot harvesters to go do their thing. I mean, you know, it, it, is, it, is, it is. And, you know, they've asked some Democrats, hey, are you guys going to give that money back? And they're like, what, what money? Oh, I already spent that. It turns out both his parents were professors at Stanford. The mother wrote an essay in 2013, Beyond Blame. She said the philosophy of personal responsibility has ruined criminal justice and economic policy. It's time to move past blame. Is it really time? Personal responsibility is bad and blame, that's a thing of the past? No wonder this guy's a f***ing crook. You were raised wrong. You were raised wrong, asshole. Yep, yep. So just point that out there, kids. You know, as everybody freaks out about Elon and what a horrible person he is, the reality is, uh, yeah, take a look in the mirror, see what's coming, uh, that there's going to be some investigations on this. Big time. Big, big, big time. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter tweet at us, text program. By the way, my football picks, pretty decent this weekend. I got uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And four with a game tonight. I got the Niners tonight. Uh, I did not see the Vikings getting boat raced like they did uh, at all. Uh, the Rams are always going to be tough. But uh, how about how about the Lions yesterday? Huh? Win for them against the Giants. And now they get to play Buffalo, who played their home game yesterday in Detroit because of the snow. They're not even leaving. They're staying there in Detroit because they play Thursday against the Lions. Hilarious. 323-538-2423. At Chet Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet, text the program. Have a great rest of your day. We'll do it again tomorrow. Night, night, Jack. This is the Chad Benson Show.